host, Emily. I am glad you're here. This is the last episode of season eight. We are almost done with Jane Austen, and in a few short weeks, we're going to take a complete turn for season nine and tackle horror movies. Joy! Uh, I have a feeling it's going to be highly entertaining for you, while I will be sitting in this seat absolutely petrified. But that's not today. Today, we're tackling Austin and Jace, fangirl Austin, Mr. Darcy groupies. You know, I googled for about 20 minutes to see if there was like a nickname for Jane Austen enthusiasts, particularly Mr. Darcy lovers, but I couldn't find anything, which I just think is a a shame, a darn shame. We need to come up with a name. Today we're talking about Austin Land, a book slash movie by Shannon Hale that asks some important questions. One, can you love something too much? My answer is yes, you can but we'll get there. And two, given the choice, would you really want to go back in time to the Regency era? I've already listed the ways I issue a hard pass on time travel to the Regency era. They included, if I remember correctly, incest and sheer boredom. Uh, So going to pass on those. And while I haven't changed my mind, I do want to offer up a counterpoint in the form of the awesomeness that would be a Jane Austen inspired amusement park, which we are going to see today in Austin land. A bit about the movie before we dive into the summary. So the director was Jerusha Hess. Awesome name. I've never heard the name Jerusha. She only has one other director credit to her filmography, but, but along with the screenplay for this particular movie, her writing credits also include, you're not going to believe this, Nacho Libre and Napoleon Dynamite, which she wrote both with her husband, Jared. Who are these people? Come on, that is so, that's beyond cool. Two absolutely ridiculous movies, and then you just kind of shove Austin Land in there too. This is also ridiculous, but this, that little tidbit made me very, very happy for some reason. Also, fun fact, I read that Stephanie Meyer of Twilight Stephanie Meyer was one of the producers. How'd she get involved in that? There has to be some story there. I have a thought, a theory, but I'm not going to share it with you today. <laughs> or if you if you want to message me, I'll be happy to share my theory with you. Anyway, so the book came out in 2007. Shannon Hale did write a sequel called Midnight in Austin Land, but I'm not really familiar with that one. I have not read that one. I did read Austin Land, but I have not read Midnight in Austin Land, which I did add it to my Goodreads, so that's going to happen eventually. Then the movie Austin Land followed in 2013. It starred Carrie Russell as Jane Hayes, J.J. Field as Mr. Henry Nobley, which we've already seen J.J. Field once. He was in Northanger Abbey, and he was Mr. Tilney. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge as Elizabeth Charming, and Jane Seymour as Mrs. Waddlesbrook, a strange group of actors to smush together in one movie. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. This was decidedly not a box office darling and was nowhere near being considered certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes or earning back its meager $5 million budget. But if you like romantic comedies and Jane Austen, there's a very good chance you'll find this one highly amusing. It is a play on Pride and Prejudice. So diving into a quick summary, you have Jane Hayes. Jane Hayes has been obsessed with Pride and Prejudice, specifically the 1995 miniseries starring Colin Firth. 
since she was a kid. This obsession then kind of not only transformed her apartment, if you stepped into it, you would think that you were back in Regency era times, but it has infected her relationships as well. How she kind of goes about intimate relationships with men. Uh, They seem a little put off by her obsession with Darcy, understandably so. She finds it difficult to connect with men because of her just laser focus on Jane Austen and Pride and Prejudice. So after a bad interaction at work with a gentleman, she decides to spend her life savings, her meager life savings. She does like graphic design or something like that, something with computers. She decides to spend her life savings for a ticket, a trip um, to a Jane Austen theme park in London. So when you go to this Jane Austen theme park, they give you a character or persona. So you become somebody else. She becomes Miss Erstwhile, which is just a horrible name. Um, You wear the attire. You then spend your days as if you are a noblewoman, I guess. Um, You're definitely not in a tiny cottage. So you're at a place that's sort of resembling... Pemberley. Um, And you just spend your days as a woman in the Regency era. But the kicker that through this experience, by the end, it's like a week long thing. By the end, you are promised a proposal from one of the gentlemen who are also playing a part. They are actors. So apparently only women go to this. They are actors portraying characters like generals or a Mr. Darcy stand in. Um, you know, just these noblemen who are wooing you throughout the week. So Jane goes and there she meets Jennifer Coolidge's Miss Elizabeth Charming. That is not her real name. That's the name she has, the persona name she has chosen because she bought a more expensive package. She gets to um, pick out her own name. And so these two women start to live this life in Regency London, except it's just like a knockoff version of it. It's not great. Jane Seymour is mean. She plays again, Mrs. Waddlesbrook, who kind of owns this theme park. Um, Jane is immediately smitten with a servant guy uh, named Martin. And um, but then there's also this guy there who is very much like Mr. Darcy. Not a great first impression, likes to spar and bicker with her, kind of snobbish. You don't really know what he's thinking. And she is just soaking all of this up. She's having kind of the time of her life, but at the same time, she's realizing that this is not the, the, with the veil pulled off of Pride and Prejudice, this world is not exactly what it seems or as exciting as she thought it would be. She eventually ends up taking her persona into her own hands because they have her as just almost like a Jane Eyre character, horrible hair (laughs) um, pulled back. She's because she's in the cheapest package. She's not allowed to do a lot, not allowed to do a lot of stuff. So she ends up taking her story back and um, kind of, making the persona what it needs to be because she's thinking Jane's thinking about just going home and she's upset that she's wasted all her money, but she knows that she needs to kind of get this out of her system. She needs to get pride and prejudice and Mr. Darcy out of her system so that she can actually live a real life. So she takes her story into her own hands. And, um, as promised by the end of the, the week, the vacation week, the holiday week, 
she is, it's kind of a love triangle. She has now caught the attention of Mr. Nobly, who is the Mr. Darcy stand-in, and then also this gentleman, Martin, the servant. So she ends up leaving nobly behind um, and because she thinks he's about to propose and she realizes that even though that was kind of the dream she wanted to have that experience when it was standing right in front of her she wanted something real and so she went to martin who she thought she had created a real experience with because he wasn't a very good actor and he <laughs> he they are not supposed to have any modern luxuries with them but he's listening to like journey or ario speedwagon in his little shack of a place you know, so he's he hasn't really taken to this Regency era life. So she goes to Martin, and then the next day it's her time to leave, and she has a debrief with Mrs. Waddlesbrook about how it went, and that's when Jane learns that Martin was an actor intended for her all along. So at the end of the week, it was her storyline was supposed to end with Martin. Well, then that just kind of rocks her entire world because she thought she'd finally made this connection with a real guy. Turns out that it wasn't what she thought it was. So she threatens to shut Mrs. Waddlesbrook's theme park down because she had also had a run-in with Jane Seymour's husband that did not go well, a bit of a sexual assault moment. And so she's like, I bet that I wasn't the first person either. I'm going to shut you down. She kind of cools off by the time she gets to the airport, but Waddlesbrook sends Martin to the airport to try to like, no, 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 everything's fine. Everything's fine. And when she gets there, she's got Martin who she confronts and says, I didn't, you know, I know now know that I was intended for you all along. And then nobly comes still in costume. And he is just a sweet, kind man. Who's like, I, I can't act. I don't know how to act. Every thing I was with you was me. It was real. Um, but she, she's like, Nope, I'm just going to go home. Don't worry. I'm not going to shut the theme park down. I'm just going to go home and try to live my life. So she goes home and detoxes her apartment. She throws away a lot of the, um, statues and, and pictures and the Mr. Darcy cardboard stand up that she has in her apartment. And she kind of clears it all out. She's, she's deprived and prejudice, prejudicing. Is that a thing? Her apartment. Um, and then there's a knock on the door and standing at her door is Mr. Nobly. So he introduces himself as Henry Nobly. That is his real name, that he's a history professor uh, and that he he tells her he's fallen for, and she realizes that she has feelings for him too, and they live happily ever after. And Jennifer Coolidge, the Miss Elizabeth Charming, she ends up buying the theme park from Waddlesbrook uh, because she gets a little too into it through the whole thing. She is really just playing the same character she plays in everything. <laughs> um, but so they, there's a happy ending to it. Jane did find her happy ending, and she was able to kind of step away from her obsession with Pride and Prejudice. That was a, a long, I don't know how great of a summary, but, but there it is. There it is. So then back to those questions. Um, you know, is too much of a good thing? Is, is it true that there can be too much of a good thing? And I, I do think it's true. When it completely derails your life, because it's all you can think about, all you can um, 
do, you know, you, you fixate on this and you bring it into your life in every way, shape or form. I do think that's a problem. And I think Jane Hayes is a perfect example of that, that you can love something, but you shouldn't love it um, if it's not good for you. And I do really appreciate the fact that she knew that full immersion. Her best friend was like, I can't believe you're spending money on this. But she also, also knew full immersion. You're going to realize how good you have it in the real life that that this world that you think you've created in your head uh, is not as great as it's all that it's all cracked up to be so no i agree no the, too much of a good thing is too much <laughs> and then two time traveling let's talk about the time traveling for a minute i've already again discussed about the incest and the boredom I do think, though, and this is my counterpoint, I do think there's something kind of special in a one-week vacation that you know what to expect. I wouldn't want to stay there, and I wouldn't want to go back to the actual time. I decided that when I read the book Timeline by Michael Crichton. It's been several years ago. It's kind of a thriller. Um, each chapter is a countdown, and these historians that have been transported back into the Middle Ages, uh, they only have a certain amount of time before they can get back. And so you're like, oh my goodness, are they going to get back? Are they get back? And then through that, you realize, though, that no, I really like modern conveniences. I really like indoor plumbing and air conditioning and grocery stores. I would not want to go back to a time where I don't have those things. I do appreciate the fact, though, again, for a holiday, for a vacation, going to a place that forces you to slow down, uh, that you learn new skills. Jane learned how to do embroidery, and she learned how to play this card game, and she learned some of the dances. She did shooting and writing, and I can see that it's kind of like a, it's a Regency era dude ranch. That's what it is. That's what it is. And I can see that being fun. I would not want the persona. I would want to be Emily dressed in the costume, having the good time at the theme park. Uh, and I would not like the thing that I found icky and just inappropriate was the promised romance proposal at the end, by the end of this day. I would not like that either. I don't like the idea of being played with and manipulated in that way. Um, None of the women that were at the theme park at the time that Jane Hayes was there. So Elizabeth Charming, and there was another woman there who'd been several times and had legitimately fallen for um, one of the actors there, the Captain East actor. Her name was Lady Amelia Hartwright. She was played by Georgia King, who is fantastic in the role. But when you, you're taking these vulnerable women and you're potentially putting them into a situation that is honestly not great for their mental health. I would not like that. I, I don't like that kind of play acting. Um, so if I could just go and I get to try all of that stuff, and if there was a ball at the end, that would be fun. You'd get to learn the dances. You get to, you know, mingle. That would be a good time. I don't know. Nah, would that be a good time? <laughs> I don't like, to, I'm not good at small talk, but I can see the appeal of that. So I'm not going to dismiss being in the Regency era completely. Vacation, yes. Time travel, no. If I could peak, like if there was like a a one-way 
two-way, what is that? A one-way glass mirror where I can see into the Regents here and just kind of be a, a voyeur, a fly on the wall. I would do that without having to actually be there. So that's what I've decided. I, I don't know. What do you think? Would you go to a theme park like this? Or what other book slash movie, I guess, do you wish they would create a theme park like this that you could go and visit? I already, well, you know, I would love to see Narnia. That would be awesome. It, hilariously, we, you know, we have Hogwarts, <laughs> the Wizarding World at Universal Studios. So we're given those opportunities. You don't get to actually step into the character and live in that space, which would be cool if they build a Hog Hogwarts version of this. Anybody that is currently the age 25 to 50 would probably go in a heartbeat. Um, but I keep going back to... The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern. If they built a circus and somehow were able to, even through illusion um, and magic, <laughs> um, make you believe that you're actually walking through this mystical, beautiful circus, that's what I would choose. Yep. I would go in a heartbeat. I would also love, love, love in the book, they host midnight dinners where everybody wears black and white with a little peak of red, like a red scarf. And they're part of, you know, the night circus society in that way. I would love to host an actual midnight dinner party at some point. See all these things I want to do. Dear listeners, we need to start doing some of these things together. They could be a good time. We could also have midnight margaritas like in Practical Magic. That would be fantastic. Why are we not meeting at midnight to have margaritas? I mean, it's always a good time to have a margarita. <sighs> Pop culture. It's a crazy kooky thing, and I absolutely love it. But that is it for today. That is it for Austin. That is it for season eight. Season eight is in the books. Can you believe it? That's crazy. Thank you so much for listening. Really, it is so appreciated. If you haven't already, I hope you subscribe so that we can keep going on this journey together. And you won't want to miss it when the horror episodes come out for season nine. I, you're not going to want to miss them. <laughs> and if you've got the time, it would be awesome if you could rate and review so that other individuals who like random conversations about pop culture with someone who really doesn't know what they're talking about, well, they can join the fun as well. I would love to see if I could get to 3,000 downloads by the end of the year. I'm, I'm about 600 off between the couple different places that I post. So if you could share, that would be awesome. It's an arbitrary goal I have set for myself. It means absolutely nothing, but it'd be a cool thing to hit. Or if you want to share it. So if you want to share it, share the podcast, that would be awesome. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at at GnomeGirlM and on Facebook as a bit of fun with Emily. Go have yourself a bit of fun today and I will see you next time.